In eastern Indiana, I learned a little bit about farmers' concerns. The large notes they take out every year for seed and fertilizer and herbicide and pesticides, the gargantuan expenses for equipment, hazards posed by rollovers, grain bins, and machinery, and perhaps most of all, the uncertainty of the weather. It's because of that very uncertainty that most farmers I know know how to make the most of the time. The proverb, make hay while the sun shines, goes back to the Middle Ages, but some things haven't really changed in a millennium. Many of us have driven by fields at night, seeing farmers out in the field making most of dry weather to plant or to harvest. In fact, one farmer in my congregation nearly postponed his wedding because there was a harvest waiting to come in. She put her foot down, by the way, telling him November 4th or never. <laughs> they were married for over 75 years. When Jesus says, we must work the works of him who sent me while it is day, it reminds me of those farmers because there's so little time and so much to do. Jesus' own ministry was extremely time-bound, three years according to John's Gospel, and he makes the most of that time. Refusing to take the power, power as an earthly king, he rather uses his time to work signs that point to the abundance and shalom of his Father's kingdom. He gives of himself as both living water and bread of life to a people fed on lies. And he prepares his disciples for ministry in a hostile world. Jesus was mindful that night was coming in which his work and the work of his disciples would come to an end. However, Jesus' actions in John's Gospel sometimes seem dismissive of the clock. He often does his work in a rather leisurely way. Takes time to attend a wedding with his mother. He waits by Jacob's well while his disciples go into town and an unnamed Samaritan woman comes up the hill to fetch water. And he tarries for two full days after hearing of his friend Lazarus's illness. If Je which raises the question, if Jesus is so concerned with doing God's work while he can, why does he so often seem not unconcerned about time, but not concerned in the way that we are. After all, think of how we usually act in regard to time. We usually carry a lot of anxiety about it. There's never enough to do. There's never, well, there's too much to do. That's what I meant to say. There's too much to do, not enough time. Children's schedules are jam-packed. Some of us have long hours at our jobs. Even retired folks can feel this way. As one retired person in my last call told me, I don't know how I had time to raise a family and have a job. Sometimes it seems like every second of our time is commodified. Time is money, we say. Or time waits for no one. Or my favorite, a proverb of warning from Shakespeare's Richard II, I wasted time, and now doth time waste me. But Jesus does not carry that anxiety. As a whole and complete human being, he embodies Sabbath rest. 
In his humanity as well as his divinity, he has perfect union with his God and Father. He is the embodiment of Israel, in which he lives not as a slave to anyone or anything, but as an utterly free person. And this freedom is not only commended, but commanded in our Deuteronomy reading. This is a restatement here in Deuteronomy of the Ten Commandments given at Sinai. The third commandment here doesn't say, remember the Sabbath, as it does in Exodus. It is a command to observe it. Observe the Sabbath. Why? Because you, Israel, were once slaves in Egypt. The whole nation was under slavery. Remember, the commandment says, when all your labor was commodified, when you were no more than an economic asset to Pharaoh, when you suffered under the overseer's lash, when you were not even considered human, but a mere beast of burden or a tool. This commandment is a firm no to that way of seeing not only time, but of seeing humanity. Human beings are precious, all human beings, made in God's image, offered redemption and the promise of being made new in Christ. That is why not only Israel was to observe the Sabbath, but to ensure that everyone else got to enjoy it as well, down to children, animals, and slaves. Ultimately, we all belong to God. As Paul says in Galatians, there is no, there is no longer slave nor free, Jew nor Greek, male nor female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. We, can, we contemporary Gentiles may not share literally in Israel's history, but we do share in the liberation, the freedom that God's, God extends. We do share in the promise of full, complete humanity. We, like Jesus, our brother, are not mere tools at the service of others or even ourselves. We are children of God, liberated for his service. And that service, though hard sometimes, preserves, protects, and restores our humanity. Jesus died and rose again, not that we might become mere cogs in a machine, but to be friends of God, as he tells his disciples in John 15. To be generous with our time, generous with both Sabbath and service, means saying yes to the humanity that Jesus restores to us. It means saying yes to the humanity of others, and it means saying yes to our full and complete personhood, to friendship with God, to brotherhood, brother and sisterhood with Jesus Christ. Generosity is about living a shalom life. Let's enjoy that freedom and use it well for the love of God, our neighbor, and ourselves. Thanks be to God. Amen.